How easy do you find it to make decisions in your life and in your relationships? Today, we're talking about the idea of the tyranny of freedom. If you'd like to find out how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com, where you can also take our free online quiz and discover your argument style and what you can do about it. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about the concept of freedom and also about decisions. Hmm. And I think it's quite helpful maybe if we start off with this uh, quote by Jean-Paul Sartre, the French philosopher, that we are condemned to freedom, that we are condemned to living living, uh, an existence in our life that will never quite give us the structure or the security that we desire. So that we're forever struggling to find some sort of safety and security in our life. Um, And that we are uh, forced also to have to make constant decisions around this, uh, making decisions that might be the right decisions for us. And um, I am, for my, I don't know what you're like, Tom, I often struggle with decision making. I find this quite difficult. I often go through this whole process of thinking, ooh, have I, I could have done this, or is this the best way to go about it? So I'm often in this kind of dilemma and struggle with my freedom around choice. Yes, and sometimes having more choice is more confusing. It's like, you know, even shopping, mm. you know, going out and even deciding what you're going to buy, whether it's like some trousers or a blanket house um, mm. the more choice you have sometimes the more difficult it is to make those decisions mm. same in relationships you know with online dating yeah. you know suddenly you know in the past you might date people you just meet um, you know at work or outside socially but mm. now suddenly there's dozens or hundreds of people and it's thinking who's the right person there's all this choice mm. choice can be overwhelming and it's actually shown through some studies that actually having too much choice in some of these fields can be very overwhelming. Absolutely. So it, so it can be really challenging. And I think it's a balance as well between that freedom and, to quote another French philosopher, uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, uh, who said something along uh, the lines of, we're born free, uh, or man is born free, but he is forever or he is everywhere in chains. Mm-hmm. So there's the concept as well as that we're also uh, limited by certain cultural, societal mm. uh, kind of boundaries too. So, mm. but starting with um, what you're talking about in terms mm. of this freedom of choice, mm. this is a really important thing to think about. Yeah, because uh, in particular, when you when you are when you're always worried about making the right choice, because I think that's part of the the tyranny here as well, isn't it? This idea of the right choice um, that there is something out there that is an absolute that provides you with with one path that you should be following rather than another. So um, if you follow that, then of course you are forever bound in this dilemma of what ifs. What if I had made this decision or what if I had made that decision? Because every yes that every yes decision is always a no to another decision, isn't it? So you can kind of go around the merry-go-round with this forever and get very bound up in these constant worries and anxieties about having made the wrong choice. And this could be anything. It could be, um, you know, as you say, it could be the the wrong choice in the supermarket, but that might not be quite so terrifying. But it certainly um, is a factor when it comes to partner choice. Of course, it's a factor in your your career choices, for example. 
um, this constant concern about, well, what if I have made the right, wrong choice here? And you can uh, torture yourself with that for, for a long time, can't you? You can torture yourself, you can constantly worry, am I in the right uh, relationship, for example? Yes, and I, and I think actually, you know, this is made worse by having, in some ways, by having more choice. Because mm. if you didn't have other choices, you wouldn't regret thinking, well, maybe I made the wrong choice. You just do that thing. Mm. So the more choice you have, the more things you can in your mind think, well, I could have done that or that. I mean, and even sometimes, like if we go out for something to eat mm. uh, and we choose something different, mm. you know, I'll see what you're eating and think, oh, why didn't I choose that? And Happens you've got a German the... term for that, for <clears throat> food envy, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes, Futternight. Was... It's called yeah. Futternight in German. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great term, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You sort of constantly, it's this sort of also, of course, I think this is a really good point, um, that envy is related to choice, isn't it? It's always this sort of sense of, well, that somebody else might have made a better choice than you have in life. Uh, you can kind of get concerned and preoccupied with that so um so this sort of uh, freedom comes with a lot of anxiety doesn't it it comes with lots of questions around uh, right and wrong moral choices as well or or um cho yeah, choices about any any kind of path that you have chosen in life and it can often um i think another aspect of freedom often is um, that because you are so anxious and you're so worried about getting it right, you become quite rigid in your uh, decision-making process. And so compulsions, for example, you know, the um, where you are <clears throat> extremely rigid in always enacting the same uh, ritual, for example, that's one way, I think, of trying to minimize uh, the tyranny of freedom because you're trying to find some kind of safety in one decision that you've made, in one thing that you're doing. Um, and, the, you know, and this kind of rigidity gives you a false sense of security sometimes. So it's a sort of... Uh, compulsions are often, I think, uh, an avoidance of uh, freedom, uh, an avoidance of choices. Yes, I, and I think that's a really interesting point. We know from research as well that with with young with children, mm -hmm. as we you know, if you're a parent, as you bring up children, the question is how much freedom do we give them? Where do we? How many boundaries do we put in place? Mm -hmm. And there's often, I think, over the last twenty or thirty years, there's been more of a swing towards give ch children more freedom. Mm -hmm. However, it's also been found that if you don't put certain boundaries down, mm -hmm. then children will end up feeling more anxious mm -hmm. because actually having some structure, but not too much structure. So it's this fine line, as we were talking about, mm -hmm. fine line between having certain boundaries and having freedom. It's like the secure attachment style as well. You kind of have that secure base and you can gradually extend that. Mm -hmm. And these boundaries give young people a sense of security. Absolutely. Again, we don't want to enforce too many, so it's finding that balance. Mm. And I think it's the same in the rest of our lives, is we want that balance between knowing that, you know, certain things we can choose from and having that sort of certain boundaries in some ways, a bit similar to before, mm. and also having freedom. So I think it, it, it is that fine balance. And, and actually, for me, I, th I, I also think that um, with freedom... A lot of freedom, we don't feel, we have that, dis, we have this problem about feeling that we made the wrong choice, not because of all the freedom, mm. but because of our past experiences that cause us not to be able to be content with the choices that we make. Mm. 
So I think that, you know, actually, it's not so much necessary about all this choice. I think partly all this choice is trying to kind of give people almost like a quick fix to solve their problems. Like, mm. actually, the more choice you have, the happier you can be. But actually, you know, the more choice you have, the more confusing it is. Mm. And it's, it's also looking inside ourselves and thinking, well, you know, how can we be content with what we have or the choices that we make? Well, absolutely. And it's this, um, I think it's also, I think it's something that we've talked about before. It's uh, where you place yourself on this uh, continuum between rigidity on the one hand, which might create some sort of safety for you, and chaos on the other hand, which uh, doesn't create uh, a lot of safety for you. Where do you kind of find yourself? And I think this is also what we are maybe um, struggling with uh, in terms of we look at different sort of um, social structures that some societies are much more rigidly structured uh, with a very clear moral code or a code of behavior uh, following very strict rules for example religious rules other societies are far less so and um, and I don't think the answer is that we should have one or the other we have to have something in between don't we you have something that's not too rigid and something that's not too chaotic yeah exactly so there's the concept of three different types of freedom that i've read read about sometimes which mm -hmm. is freedom from and that's from these structures that are imposed on us mm -hmm. and often more at a psychological level sometimes at a, a, a real level in society with laws mm -hmm. um and it's freedom from which it can be sort of what society says we can do what culture says we can do even implicitly Mm -hmm. Some of those things that may kind of restrict us, which, you know, we, we feel restricted by old sort of uh, things that are passed down to us that may longer even be going on still. Do you but mean like kind of, old sayings? Yeah, or old sayings or, or things that yeah. we're told or kind of passed down from, you know, mm. we shouldn't do that. Or mm. maybe, yeah. you know, whether it's religious, cultural or any rules. sort of rules. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but then... We have a societal rules, we have family rules and values that are passed down to us, which could mm. even be, you know, deciding who you marry. Mm. We may not have a choice in that. Mm. Um, or whether that's kind of arranged or whether it's in our minds thinking, I need to marry this type of person because mm. otherwise my parents won't be happy. Mm. So in a way, that's the internalised rule. Mm. But then we have our past. So our past holds us back. So our experiences, if we have a negative experience with something, we'll want to avoid it in the future. And this also comes into compulsions. Mm. So we have challenging experiences that cause some anxiety and we try to avoid them, which restricts our choice. Because if you can't do certain things, you restrict the options available to you. So if I've had a bad experience in a relationship with with somebody who doesn't uh, like phone me back after two days and I don't hear back from somebody, you know, if that happens again, I may think, well, I'm never going to see somebody again if they don't contact me in two days. And we avoid that. Mm -hmm. Or I may find compulsive behaviours to to stop me going out on dates because I've had, had a bad experience in dating. Mm -hmm. So sometimes this past experience holds us back. Yeah, and I think when we sort of link that back to freedom, I think also what you're alluding to, if if I'm right here, is the idea that um, that we are also very much driven by unconscious uh, forces, beliefs, um, through experiences in the past that we are not necessarily aware of. Yeah, that govern our our current our our uh, our our behavior today, yeah. um, and that we don't necessarily have 
freedom over that unless maybe we bring that into awareness and are quite conscious of uh, our current choices uh, and what actually drives these choices. Is yeah, that what exactly. You mean? And yeah. By, by saying the unconscious, uh, this unconscious drives, I'm not talking about biological or genetic things. Mm. We're talking about things that you've internalised from your childhood. Like mm. it could be things that people said to you or you mm. heard saying, your parents saying to each other. It could be things that you've seen. But mm. we internalise these rules, these ways to behave, things we should do, things we shouldn't do. Mm. And it's challenging because even, you know, what is good, what is bad, mm -hmm. these things are defined by society and cultures and may vary. And the more we start to realise, actually, these we've, we, we start to interpret things in certain ways based on the past. And we question, is this a good thing to do? Is this a bad thing? And we see that actually we've kind of been given meaning or we create meaning into it. It becomes really confusing. It becomes confusing. And also another, uh, another aspect of this is also that I'm just thinking of is this uh, that freedom, freedom also comes with um, responsibility, doesn't it? It's... Having uh, being quite clear that you make a choice um, and that you can that you can uh, that you're able to take responsibility for that choice, uh, and of course this is very relevant in in relationships as well. The idea that um, that what we often experience in in couple relationships is that uh, partners blame each other and point the finger the you know the other way and saying you know, you did this wrong or you made, you know, you made the right, the wrong choice here, etc. So very often um, the freedom comes with this, this uh, added burden, so to speak, of having to take responsibility for your actions. And that's not easy, isn't it? That's also what it means to be an adult. Yeah, that's why sometimes, you know, at work, it's easier for someone else to make this decision. So yes. you don't feel you have to take the burden because you yes. don't want to get blamed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we see this in, you know, in politics and everywhere where you see someone is made a scapegoat and that seeing that in the media as well can make it even more frightening to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in relationships, you know, who you decide to be with, who you decide to continue dating, that can feel like a big, responsibility in some ways it can feel you know am I making the right choice mm. and this is a question you know some people do ask themselves for years in relationships is this the right relationship is mm -hmm. this the right person mm -hmm. and I think you know a lot of this as well as we talked about freedom from the past some of this also comes into um, being aware of are you content in yourself and you project this discontentment outside mm. and then use decisions as an excuse for the fact that you're not content? Because as as well, you know, we make choices and then it's how we feel content with the choices that we've made. You know, some things we mm. can change, mm -hmm. some some things we can't, mm -hmm. as is close to that well-known prayer. I can't remember exactly how it goes. You know, the... Um, the serenity one? The serenity prayer, mm. yeah. Yeah. So... But then it's once we've made choices, it's about then how we can experience those things in different ways and learn to be content with them. And to what extent we, we feel unhappy with things or kind of overloaded with things or confused because of the internal things that we haven't dealt with. Mm. Yeah, because you can get quite eaten up by this, by this whole preoccupation with uh, have I made the right choices, by... By feeling a lot of regret, regret relates to that, doesn't it? Regret yeah. about, um, a regret about having made the wrong choices, or regret about not having travelled down a different route, etc. Um, and 
And you can kind of get, as I say, you can kind of really spend a lot of time thinking about that and getting stuck in this as well. But is it helpful? Is regret helpful? I think what's... Maybe? Yeah, well, it can be. Like mm. when you reflect on it, if you mm. decide that there are learnings that are positive that you can use in the future, mm. I think it's useful. And I think that's why for every situation mm. is even the situations that we don't like, rather than just forget about them and try and push them aside... It's thinking, what can I learn from this? Mm -hmm. What can I learn that might serve me or society or people in the future? Mm -hmm. So there's different levels to think about that. So we can take learnings from situations, but those learnings shouldn't restrict us in terms of, well, I've learned that I'm never going to go on a date again. Because that's not a useful learning. Mm -hmm. It's learning, you know, well, maybe I need to do this differently or learning that, you know, sometimes people behave in ways because of their past experience and it's not me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. I think going back to what we were saying is it's that freedom from the past, which is the first stage, is knowing what holds us back. Because mm -hmm. our, our internal world often stops us from having real freedom. Mm -hmm. Our regrets, our anxieties, our fears, those hold us back from creating a life that we want. Which leads into the second type of freedom, which is freedom for, or freedom to, which is we can really only have that ability to think about what we really want to do in the future when we're aware of what internally is holding us back. Well, exactly. And it relates to, I, I just wanted to step back here because what you just said there is important, I think, uh, to remember because you can kind of go through this cycle of endlessly beating yourself up by saying, well, what if, what if I'd made a, diff a different decision at that point in time? But I think it's really helpful to remember that you can only ever make decisions and choices uh, with uh, based on the information that you have at that point in time. So based on the experiences that you have or, you know, all the information that is available to you at that point in time. And that will uh, always change uh, because you change, you integrate new ideas, new learning, new experiences into your way of thinking about the world, about yourself, etc. So the choices that you make, uh, for example, when you are 25 are quite different from the choices that you make when you're 40 or 45 or 50 or 65 because you've got more information at your disposal. So so it's not helpful, um, and I know it's easily said, but it's not helpful to go through this um, cycle of I should have done something different because, yes, with hindsight, maybe, yeah, you could have made a different choice, but you couldn't at the time because you didn't have that information at your fingertips. So it's it's sort of, uh, so sorry, I'm kind of maybe slightly digre digressing here, but I wanted to make that point because I think it's really helpful to to think about this, that, you know, your younger self uh, will necessarily be a, a more limited self in terms of knowledge than your current self. Yeah, I mean, there is a saying as well that we make the best choices we can based on our current experience or our experience mm. at that time. Mm. And every choice we make is based on what we might say a positive intention mm -hmm. in terms of what we think will give maybe the, a good result. Mm. Even avoiding something, at some level we think, well, I'll avoid mm. pain. Although sometimes, actually, by avoiding that, we restrict our freedom. So it takes that reflection to think, what is useful and what isn't? Where am I holding myself back? Mm -hmm. So then you can begin to make those choices to have actual freedom to move into a future that you want. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why therapy and counselling is so useful, is it gives you time to reflect on actually where we might be holding ourselves back because of what we've internalised from our past. 
And like you said, most of it is unconscious. So you need to take time to reflect. Mm. Keeping a journal is a great thing to do as well. So you can start to reflect on, you know, why you made these decisions, what was useful, maybe what wasn't, and what you could do differently. Mm. And I think that's always useful is thinking, okay, when you make a decision or when you do something, what worked? What could you do differently next time mm-hmm. is another good question. Not what, do you, not what, what you did wrong, mm-hmm. but what could you do differently to make a difference, a positive difference next time? Yeah, and I think where therapy can also be really helpful, uh, particularly also couples therapy, is that you learn to take responsibility for your actions. I mean, you without beating yourself up, yeah, without kind of going into this cycle of, oh, I should have, I could have, you know, etc. That's not helpful. But taking some responsibility without passing the blame onto the other person, because without saying, well, if you hadn't stopped me or if you weren't like this, then I would be able to do this or that. So it's kind of taking responsibility also for your own actions um, in a positive way and noticing where where you've had choices, where you've um, in, made decisions in the relationship, for example, um, that you are, you know, that you are as responsible as your partner is, for example. Um, so it's also something, I think for me, um, it's also about learning to take that kind of responsibility in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely. So taking that responsibility and helping you then to be able to make choices in now and in the future that lead more to a life that you want, where you feel Mm. actually, you know, you can take proactive approaches based on your values, Mm. knowing what's important to you in life. Asking yourself that question, what makes my life a life of value? How do I lead a life of value? What's valuable to, you know, what are some of these values and things that really you want to live by? And that's where we can start to kind of move forwards and make those decisions and choices in a way where we're not being so influenced by that unconscious part of our mind. Mm. And it ties in, of course, to uh, because what we've talked about today, uh, freedom is a preoccupation very much uh, in existential uh, terms and existential thinking, existential philosophy. There's also existential therapy uh, and another big topic within that context. Another preoccupation as part of existentialism is meaning. And purpose. So this is interesting. Maybe we should do another podcast on that because that ties into freedom, the freedom to make some choices, to make some choices that are creating meaning and purpose for you. That's really important. And that's sometimes difficult as well to know what it is. What is it? That is meaningful to me. Exactly. You know, is it is it the flash car out there? Is it uh, the career that generates uh, loads of money for me? What is it that is really important to me in terms of meaning in life? Yeah, and and I think that's the challenge as well, is that I think as well, for me, a lot of that meaning and the challenges of meaning actually come from our past as well, because Mm. we take our meaning and Mm. what's valuable based on our past experience too. Mm. So sometimes we need to explore that. And and which also leads into the third type of freedom, which is sometimes talked about, which is the freedom to be. Mm -hmm. And that's actually to be present with what's going on right now, to enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes as we try to create that value in our life, you know, sometimes we may find that we're, for example, still leading a life of how we want to be seen. Mm -hmm. So it's more to do with ego. Like I do this job, I want to achieve these things because I want people to acknowledge me. Mm -hmm. 
Whereas being is just actually being able to be present, being kind of in the moment, experiencing what's happening now and having fulfillment from that. Mm -hmm. And part of that as well is, and we could talk about this in another podcast, is um, the challenge between what we call the conceptualized self and the authentic self. And the conceptualized self is, you know, from about the age of six or seven, when we start to question things more fully, we start to see how people behave and think, I should be more like this. I need to behave in this way if I want people to like me. Um, to be popular, you need to do this. To be successful, all of these sorts of questions. Mm-hmm. And we often end up leading our lives according to how we think we should be. But it doesn't always fit fully with who we are ourselves, who we really feel we should be. So it's like mm. that being able to be, which I think is real freedom, mm. is sometimes even free from that feeling of I have to do these things to have a meaningful life, to actually thinking, actually, I can be present in this moment. I can be free to to just be to experience things right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's so easily said and so difficult to do, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, How absolutely. often do you make the time for that? Um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, well, to I, actually sit down and and just be. Well, I don't know if it's making time for it because I think you can just be in whatever you're doing. Okay, yeah. So but it's not just sitting. You down can and... be doing and being at the same time. I think to some extent, <laughs> yes, but that's it's, right. it's sort of what's in your mind in terms of mm. is imposing these things in terms of I need to do it like this, I need mm. to do it like that, mm. rather than just actually. Uh, mindfully being in that moment Mm. you know in meditation and mindfulness Mm. um, some great teachers have talked about even how you can practice mindfulness and being as you're washing the dishes anything and everything absolutely that's true yeah it's kind of focusing your attention on something yeah yeah Great. So I think we've uh, we we've finished cut... off today's podcast. Unless there's anything you'd like to add? No. There's the, we sort of walked, uh, we sort of meandered a little bit around the houses, but it's quite a complex topic, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe we realize... can pick up some of these points in another podcast. Yeah, I think there's some strands here that we should pick yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. But that's it for today. Um, so have a good week, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Bye for now.